Hey guys, welcome back to Cast Conversations. Today we will talk about racial injustice and how we got through the current events that are unfolding on the streets and the truth that people don't know about. Before we begin, we'd like to introduce ourselves real quick. My name is Khalifa. I am a sociology and international studies double major. And um, my name is Syree. I'm currently a public health student and currently a senior. Uh, my name is uh, Phaedra. I'm currently a clinical mental health student um, and a senior. We're just going to jump right into it. We are currently frustrated and about what's going on right now. And uh, we just want to understand what's going on and have a conversation about that. So, Syree? So, yeah. So, we all know this is a hard topic to talk about for sure. Um, that's a lot of things going on right now. It has to do a lot with the past, it has a lot to do with people's mindset for the future. Racial injustice has always been a part of American society. And what we're seeing right now has always been, I guess, in the mindsets of the people at the bottom, quote unquote, black people. So I think what really is going on in the people's mindset is the, I guess, the tragedies that's happened in the past and what's people's mindset on what they think is going to happen in the future. And if we, if we don't change what's happening now, then there isn't much of a future to look forward to for our people. And I think that's where a lot of the frustration is built off of, is a lot of what has happened in the past of what has led to the point where we are now and to people's mindset on what, what there is or what there isn't to look forward to in the future. And I feel like that's the stance that I'm really coming, kind of how I'm understanding how we're here now and why people are so frustrated. I, I may I may contradict myself throughout this conversation. I have a lot of different points. But like just based off what Sari was talking about, I think if we're, if we're in the present now, what's happening now with the protests and the people rising up and some demanding certain things, I think that could be looked at as like the beginning of the butterfly effect. You know, like to start perceiving how the how the future may have been because without people rising up and saying no more what future do we have to look forward to so with people now standing up and saying i don't want my future to look like this i think a lot of people have heard that even kids going out i don't want my my future kids kids adults saying i don't want my kids to live in the world that i live in i'm going to do my part so later on the night they're not experiencing the same um systemic racism systemic discrimination that, that, that i am experiencing um and that, i'm not just not to say that's just going to happen in their lifetime but i think what I think what motivates, I think we were talking about this prior to what motivates people more is not necessarily what has happened in the past. It's the, it's the power that I have in the now to start the effect, to change the future, quote unquote, the butterfly effect. Yes, we, under, we understand the past happened. It was very tragic, but psychologically, we know we can't change the past. We can be angry about it. The only thing we can do now is act and do for our future. So I think that's really what motivates folks to go out there and say every day and be like, this needs to stop. I want to change. And I think like that anger is, I think it's like very important because it's like, yeah, you, like you said, we can't change the past, but that anger is a great motivator for what's happening now. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it deals with a lot of the future, but that past of just racial discrimination of black people and black people being held down in this capitalist society throughout our time from slavery to Jim Crow to many other things um, through the assassination of leaders, through the um, war on drugs. So many things that we can go on a list just throughout the 400 years mm -hmm. of perse persecution of Black people to bring us to this point. So many things that we can go off of, but that, I guess, that collective anger from my ancestors um, up until this point, it was inevitable for the people to rise up and for the people to be frustrated at a particular group of people and in this instance, and um, what we'll most likely be talking about in this podcast is 
I guess the injustice due to, from the police force. And after time and time again, we've seen people not be indicted, people not be arrested. Um, after clearly, clearly, we've seen injustice on camera um, and things not being done about it. Yeah. Um, and the justice system just failing us again and again and again. Um, you'll see people get frustrated about that. People see this as, okay, they're just going to keep letting it happen. Are we not safe? The people sworn in to protect us are not protecting us. Mm-hmm. People are going to view that as the system is betraying us and the system has betrayed us in the past and it's just yeah. happening again. And yeah. I think it's inevitable for people to be frustrated at the police force because of how we have been treated compared to our other counterparts. And a lot of that frustration has been has been built up in our people because of how police force has been treating us. Stuff like that's basically the stance that we're basically in the streets fighting for at this moment. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things, but the main attention has been towards the police force. It's basically the whole system. Yeah. But but right now it seems like the police force is a main contributor to the reason to be out there fighting for Black Lives Matter. Yeah, um, I mean, being a person of color, I see the frustration and I get frustrated seeing what's going on. Like we're protesting, we're out here protesting and people are in the streets to hold police officers accountable, but it's still going on. As we're speaking right now, there's still horrible crimes that are being committed toward black people and it's horrible. And and that's what this whole, this whole conversation is about this. It's like, you know, um, police officers aren't being held accountable it's still like discrimination and prejudice against black people it's still going on so we're just really frustrated what's going on i think what sai said earlier those kind of really highlights the point like it's not just the police force i think at times uh, especially in the current now it's really easy to say defund defund the police uh this this not the police but in the reality i think we're all aware that it's not just the police force um the police, just like everybody else, are regular human beings. They're fed information. They're miseducated through their lives. Uh, prejudice exactly. isn't something that I believe you're born with. Um, we all like own our own prejudices. Each and every each and every one of us. Like uh, I mean, you could ask like uh, any anybody. I mean, they've done history experiments. If you're walking down the streets of I don't know, let's say New York or some some well-known street, and I were to tell you a little old white lady with a purse is walking down, and then a large black man, who are you going to be more afraid of? And then it's most likely it's the large black man because that sounds to be more scary. And it's not just the police that think that it's it's mainly everybody. It's through it's perpetrated through our media to the movies. Uh, when you when you when you look at bad guys in the movies, uh, people who are doing crime, who are they usually portrayed as? Not the white man, not the majority population. So as citizens who live in a society that tells us day in and in and out that these people who look different than you are not good. You know, and, and so so I don't think it's simply, yes, the police have the power, they have the guns, they're probably going to be in the limelight, uh, you know, because they, they, they have power to where they're, they're, they, we expect them to be different. But at the end of the day, these small things happen on a lighter level every day that isn't being challenged because maybe lives are not being lost. I'm not saying that, I'm not, to, I'm not excusing the police, but I think it's way bigger than just saying, oh yeah, let's defund the police system. This is a whole systemic thing that just passed on day in, day in out to our children. I understand where you're coming from for sure. It's that people should acknowledge that it is the whole system. I kind of, I mean, we kind of, I feel like we, most people understand that it's like the whole system and the police force is a 
huge driving factor to keeping black people at the bottom. And and when I say that, and people say like defund the police and things of that nature, like I wholeheartedly agree with that. Um, it's it just because we've seen time and time again that police gain more and more power over our over their citizens. Like there's been times where, and I know you can speak on this more and more, Pedro, but when there's like a mental health, um, someone's having like sort of a mental health breakdown or there's like a mental situation, you call the police. Uh, when there's a student. Um, uh, skipping school or something like that and um, committing truancy you call the police and there's so many times and time again when there are situations where we call the police when the police doesn't really need to be there to uh, you call someone who has a gun to a situation where there's a mental health crisis you call someone who has a gun to grab a student who's just skipping class I think what the police so when I say defund the police, I really want the police's job to shrink and its role to shrink in America and its role to shrink on, uh, I guess, society. There's other places that that money can go to to assist public health. Um, there doesn't, we can instead, when someone's having a mental health crisis or a mental breakdown, we bring in a, a mental health counselor to the situation, or we provide more education to firefighters who don't have guns and don't have weapons to come into some situations to alleviate problems. Um, we give them the, the proper training and education to help assist those problems. I think that's a better way to spend money than just giving it more and more to the police force. And th that police force, they don't really have the proper training and education to deal with certain problems. There's been uh, studies, that, um, statistics that show that one in four people that die due to police and police brutality are mental health victims. And that can definitely be relieved if we can solve that problem of yeah. taking some of that money that the police force overwhelmingly have in so many states has so much money in so many different states that you can just take some of those resources and provide them to other um other sections of public health such as education and um mental health mm -hmm. i feel like we will alleviate a lot of these problems so when i hear people say um defund the police and people saying black lives matter and defund the police being right there with it it's because this is a whole movement and yes it has been shown that the movement has been directed to police but i feel like we're we're going towards the system here and defunding the police is just one of the things that we're using to attack the system and try to mm -hmm. reform the system as this is one of the things that we're going off of hey we want to defund the police black lives matter but we all we want to defund the police because it will assist us in our movement so i feel like that's definitely important so i have a couple questions for you guys so with, with, well not Sorry, I think those are great points about that. And I, I, I would completely agree about the, I, the police. How, they don't necessarily need to respond to every situation because of, at the end of the day, police are not protectors, to be honest. They're really just crime responders. By the time the police arrive, that is the assumption that a crime yeah. has already happened. Exactly. Um, maybe they come during it, but a lot of the times it's afterwards. So protect, that's questionable. But I have a question. With, uh, you know, we're talking about recent things that have happened, you know, with uh, George Floyd, uh, Kelly, and uh, even to go Trevor Martin all the way back. And a lot of times when, when high profile cases like that happen, we see in the media these pictures, for example, the video of George Floyd um, dying in the streets. 
it was circulated through the media over and over and over again. I question the benefit of these, these, these mass circulation of images. I would even, I don't know if I can use this word in the podcast, but I would even correlate it to the, the, the term trauma porn. You know, it's something that we, we keep on passing and passing on and passing on. And then we say this, we pass it on with the idea, oh, this is good because we're raising awareness and we're, we're getting people to think about this, we're changing minds. I challenge that idea, and not to say that it isn't doing it, there's good, but I think when we do it to, to, to the effect where it's just happening and happening too much, I think that might be a bit hurtful to those who are already suffering every day, day in and out. Uh, because trauma, uh, we as a society, we know that trauma has passes on through generations. And we all can agree that the black generation has been experiencing trauma for generations and generations. So we all collectively have some sort of trauma. And when we are forced to relive our trauma day, day in and out, I'm, I question how beneficial that is to the for people we are trying to help. If they if they can't even escape what they don't want to see, I, mm -hmm. I could see the benefit. But then even even that I challenge. Like okay, as a white uh, majority, I see this. It isn't going to change when you act. Yes, it's going to attack my consciousness. It's going to get me to think about this, and maybe that's enough for some. Um, but it isn't going to get me to get up and go to my um, governor's office or do give an actual action. What we're seeing is a lot of. Uh, social media posts stuff like that and yes yeah you're spreading awareness quote unquote spreading awareness but i really question how beneficial that becomes when this is happening on such a level to where as a minority population who's already experienced trauma it's like you can't escape this feeling of dread every time you look up at your phone you get reminded so exactly. i'm curious I, I i think it's like at first people were spreading it as you said um to spread awareness and like see what's happening we need to stop this but then people realize that this is actually like like research is going to show later on that this has been causing trauma like we've become so used to seeing these images that it just like it hurts us and we don't know the side effects and now now i see that on social media they'll put like trigger warning or like um or maybe they'll like blur it out or they won't even like sometimes post it at all because it, it hurts to see that like that's happening and you can't really do anything and we're out here protesting, but it's like, it's still gonna take some time. So I agree with you, like. Uh, yeah, I definitely agree with you on, on that, um, Dick, but it's like two sides of the coin sort of thing, because yeah, the media is showing us so much of this tragic moment happening. And it is, it is very tragic. And seeing on your timeline all the time can be very draining, can be very traumatical seeing that, but it's um to like go off of that um at to a certain extent it is important but yeah i can see how you say that the amount that we've been seeing it in the media could be so is i'm not gonna say could be but is overwhelming because mm -hmm. um it, it definitely has been um shown repeatedly um to the point where it can be seen as um what are like what is sort of their mission for showing this so many times yeah um um sort of thing but the thing is like when i when i say that it's just them like just bringing that point up the media showing this it's it's not even it, it it helps in a lot of ways too because we know that um black people are being mistreated by by the police already like we we know that the videos and pictures shouldn't have to remind people that black people are being mistreated like it, every time like this happens like, every time mm -hmm. police brutality leads to someone's death 
it shouldn't be like oh yeah black people black people are being killed by the police like that should not be the case at all like there should be a common understanding by everyone that black people are being mistreated by the police at an abnormal rate yeah and that we need to um and that for the individuals the black individuals that don't that don't die due to lead to police brutality and when it's not shown in the media that we are fighting for their cause too we're fighting for the people that are being mistreated period by law enforcement and through the system mm-hmm. um so i think it's very important sometimes to remind some people that like because this is at this point it's that it's in everyone's homes you can't escape it and mm-hmm. you look on social media look you watch the news you literally can't escape uh what's happening right now so i think that's definitely important too because it literally people can't hide from it anymore people legit can't hide from it when it's everywhere so yeah it's it hurts our community and um it makes our people go through a lot of trauma seeing that on the news but it also reminds other communities it shouldn't have to remind other communities but it does remind other communities that black people are being mistreated at an abnormal rate and even if we do grab a couple minds out of their seat to come and try to help and try to cause change then that is a benefit mm. i think that's a slippery slope grab a couple of minds but hurt 20 50 more i don't know how beneficial mm-hmm. that is but mm-hmm. i know we're yeah. we're sort of getting near the end uh sorry um okay that, i definitely would like to discuss this with you more in part too because i have more yeah, about sure. how like history has shown us that repeated mm-hmm. experiences of trauma just hurts more and more and Mm-hmm. To go back, as even uh, Brian Morris' education and how we're doing, what they're doing. But we, we'll talk about more about that last time because I have some yeah, facts. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, okay. I'll let Dougie take over. Yeah, so we're going to transition to Pockets of Positivity um, by Shekinah. So you have the floor. Uh, thank you. I think y'all made some great um, points concerning the current status and um, of our world and like the racial tensions going on in our nation. Just introducing myself again. My name is Shekinah. I'm a biology major at UNF. And um, I just think it's imperative that we stay positive and uplifted um, during these times. And with that being said, today's pocket of positivity or pop is um, one of my favorite quotes from Barack Obama. Um, It states that change will not come if we wait for someone or some other person or some other time. We are the ones we've been waiting for. We are the change that we seek. Um, I believe it's time for us to move forward. And as my parents say, um, it's important that you don't let sleeping dogs lie. So if all these matters are being addressed, you know, in the nation, we have to address these matters um, for a better future and for a more hopeful future. So what do you guys think? I love that point for sure. We can't sit by, sit by and just, just let, try to allow the system to fix itself. Mm-hmm. We have to stand up and, and do it. If you sit by and like, okay, maybe this guy lead us, maybe this guy, or like he's out there, maybe he, he, he I'll let him say something. Yeah. No, maybe you should say something. Maybe you should go out in your community. Maybe you should go out and get people to vote. Maybe you should go and talk to your um, local leaders. Don't just sit by and try to let other people try to fix the system. Maybe you may seem like you can't do certain things, but you can, even if it's on a small scale, it may lead to a big scale. I just want everybody to take that message and what Shekinah said to the to the heart. I think it really is important. Mm-hmm. You may seem like you can't do a lot of things, but if you sit there 
and you actually collect your thoughts and you are really motivated, I believe that you can, that you can change things. Exactly. And I think that goes into, uh, because we have so much to talk about, we'll be back for part two. Um, but what you just said about that, like, you know, we have to stay motivated. We have to change things. I wanted to ask you guys, like, what is one thing, I know there's a lot that we can do, one thing that you think how we can change or in one step in changing things? To be honest, I can't give you one answer right now. Maybe we can, maybe you can ask me that again in the next, uh, in the next okay. follow-up because I have a lot of answers, but I, I contradict to myself, that's in the beginning. I have answers, but then I can contradict these on answers. So, but, but nothing's perfect, so I don't know. Okay, I think one suggestion that I would say to fixing things is just going off of what she kind of said. It's not letting other people sit there and do things for you. Like, there are people that, uh, been shown to oh like um, we're gonna talk about it in the next episode but the violent protest people tend to say okay that isn't how we should protest we should protest this way and then people go ahead and not protest the other way like you call out the violent protest but you don't peacefully protest you don't vote you don't show support in the media you you don't do anything you just call out the violent protest and I think that's just so counterproductive it's, I think people should and definitely go all like if you're really motivated to start in your own community and even if it's just going to a grocery store and getting people to to vote or um i guess showing people that hey we have state and local elections coming out and i guess using your platform to let the people of jacksonville wherever you live know that hey this is coming up some very important vote um, or letting people know, hey, there's a city council meeting, do you guys want to go? Um, sort of things like that. Even if it's starting small steps, um, I think it's very important for us or you can just grab a group of friends and try to, I guess, have change, even if it's in your own local community. Definitely. Whether it's a back-to-school yeah. drive or little things like that i think that's definitely important to uplifting our community just take one step that answer. uh it's a really great answer um <laughs> and to end things with you know we might have all these conversations and uh, meaningful dialogues but ultimately it's uh the person's responsibility to educate themselves um even like for me i'm still educating myself every day so i think that's like what we can end with is that with these great conversations and uh, you know meaningful talk, we have to you know continue to educate ourselves and uh, to spread awareness. This was a great conversation. We're gonna keep going. Uh, stay tuned for part two. And uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Um, do you guys have anything else? Perfect. Uh, yes, yeah, arrest, arrest the kills of Breonna Taylor. Black Lives Matter. Support Black businesses. Um, change things in your own community. Definitely change things in your community. All right. Well, thank you.